the intro again. Don't, please don't. You really gonna do this? Yeah, it's our show. We do what we want. Oh my God, no! Not another freaking wrestling podcast. Yay! Like I said, I don't get people watching. So either you love me or you don't. I love you. I love you too. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Not Another Freaking Wrestling Podcast. I'm back this week over the sickness. My name's JD. And I'm Shane. I guess nobody else wanted to go on the intro, so fuck them. Well, I want to go this time. This is T.Y. And I'm Will. I don't know. I feel like I usually always go last. (laughs) I mean, you were the last one added to the crew, so it makes sense. Yes. I, I agree. Oh, Jesus Christ. Jennifer, so. Shut uh, the fuck up. Thank you, Shane. <laughs> so, our usual episodes, we go through the week of wrestling. We're not going to do that so much this week. So there were two premium live events slash pay-per-views this weekend we need to talk about. So, let's uh, jump into the little bit of talk of the week, some things that stood out. First of all, uh, as I'll let Shane say it. Shane, what was Raw? It was the worst fucking episode of Raw since Triple H just took over. I turned it off like, I didn't even, halfway through, I turned it off. I was like, this is fucking stupid. It's pretty atrocious. Everything was booked around a poker match. uh, Very APA kind of thing, which was, doesn't work in 2022. No, definitely not. I mean. What would you say your time stop was? Do what? What would you say uh, you stopped at, like time, like time of the show? Probably about an hour and thirty minutes in. Hey, I'm proud of you. You you made it like at least halfway. I'm I'm proud of you. Well, I was like I was hoping that there would be something more entertaining than than what it was. The women's match was okay. I didn't make it to the other women's match for the number one contenders match. How could you? Uh, well, you know, after watching poker and the Miz act like he's fucking broke and all this stuff, like, yeah, couldn't do it. And there went Will. Well, See, even he, even he didn't want to hear the fucking review of this fucking raw. I think he was tired <laughs> of that bullshit. Yeah, he was tired of it. Yeah. But yeah. Did anything else exciting happen? Did I miss anything? Was there a Ron Simmons? Uh, seen there because i felt like he should have been there no there was not no wow okay there was no damn or anything like that i think that was the most unfortunate part of the whole thing is that you didn't at least get a ron simmons cameo yeah because that was was such a perfect thing to do hey will how you doing buddy was the reviewer all that bad you had to leave yes yeah that's what i figured so um that's all we'll talk about Raw about then, because there was nothing I care about. There literally um, was nothing. Along, bu- there was no building or nothing. Like, yeah. Moving along, uh, Dynamite this week. Ricky Starks absolutely cooked MJF on the mic. Oh my god! Hey, that's a pretty rare thing to say. Somebody cooking MJF. Yeah, that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, I can't. To be honest with you, I can't even think of anybody else that had. To- Hang could hang with MJF on that on like a mock spot in that area. It was, it was fantastic. And then the that's my person. I don't know you like right after that. And that was awesome. 
Will, what did you think about that Mike segment? Uh, overall, I mean, I've been singing Ricky Stark's praises for years since I first discovered him in the NWA. He's, I'm just glad that now they're finally giving him that bump up the card and truly putting him in that top slot. A little bit bummed that they're doing the whole you have to face MJF for the diamond ring too. Because, I don't know, I feel like at this point he doesn't need the ring gimmick anymore. Just have him steal the brass knuckles from Regal. No. While I agree that he doesn't need the ring gimmick anymore, I do like how they're building it with him having it every year. Uh, Yeah, but I don't know. We've already gotten that for the last three years. Do we need a fourth year of him having it? But at the same time, I don't know, especially if they're trying to make Ricky a babyface, then he doesn't really need the ring either. I'll say you put it on a fourth year. Like, seriously, I believe you put it on the fourth year. I, I kind of agree with Tyler here. Like, I think um, I think building MJF with the ring and making them synonymous, when somebody finally beats him for it, it's going to be huge. Oh, yeah. That, that just It'll be bigger than him dropping the world title. Yeah, I believe that. And, like, it, like even if you wanted to have somebody else win it this year or with it coming up, who, who else is there? I mean, you I, built no one up other than Ricky Starks. Yeah, and I honestly, I thought it would have been a good time to just give it to Ethan Page. That's not a bad choice either. Either. Especially since they've been clearly putting a lot of stock into building Ethan Page as their next little shithead heel. Then what better way to be a shithead heel than to have a diamond ring to constantly punch people with? So Just don't, just don't have him punch MJF. Now, my biggest question right now about AEW period, where the fuck is Miro? He said he wasn't coming back to that shit. Like, I don't I like apparently the storylines they've been they've been pitching to him have, are garbage or at least he thinks they're garbage. Um, why aren't you using that man as the as the dominant heel you your show needs? Um, I will play devil's advocate and say right now there's not really room to fit him in unless you have a meaty storyline for it. And it seems like they're just kind of waiting until after the winter is coming special. What's Wardlow doing? Wardlow's still doing his feud with Samoa Joe for to try to get back the TNT belt. There's you an immediate storyline right after that. Samoa Joe being the king of television is my favorite thing on AEW. It's been fucking great so far. Um, and now we'll jump over to SmackDown. Um, Sami Zayn. I feel like that's all I gotta say anymore. Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn. It's gonna be the most heartbreaking turn ever. I, yeah, I was telling Shane before the show. on Roman. Nah. Final four in the Royal Rumble. I'm calling it now. Not going to win it. Final four, though. So I was telling Shane before the show started, um, this is the most invested I've been in a storyline since, like, the Attitude Era. That's a pretty bold statement. And I've, and I've been around you, J.D., long enough to know that you cannot stick around for a storyline 
ever. I feel like I feel like I know you more than anybody in this group, and I'm like, yo, Jetty, pay attention, please. Man, WWE storylines usually just kind of I fall off of them. They get boring after a bit. They be, they become repetitive. But uh, this one, it's been built very well over time, and um, you've had great moments that kind of make you go, yeah, like the hug with Jey Uso. We all knew it was coming eventually, but when it happened. It felt like it paid off a lot of legwork they'd done, so it actually mattered. Uh, Whereas usually they try to give you that, they try to hot shot that moment in like a week or two, and that doesn't do it for me. But this right here, this long term storytelling is doing it for me. It's just a relatable story, I guess, because, you know, Sammy's the odd guy out. He doesn't really have a lot of friends. He's trying to hang with the fucking cool kids, and eventually. The cool kids are going to turn on him. At some point in our lives, we've all wanted to hang out with the cool kids. True. So, like, I feel like anybody can say, yeah, that's me, and see themselves in Sami Zayn right now. That's one thing that's helped him get over so much. It's just cool to see a a normal dude that's trying to get a couple of wins in life. He's won my heart. I think he's won Um, my heart. See, is there anything else from SmackDown we need to discuss before we move on? LA Knight. I'm sorry, what? LA Knight is promo. Yes. Oh, and we'll get to that in a second, Will. Uh, The LA Knight Bray Wyatt thing. Uh, LA Knight's magic on the mic. I think we all know that. Yeah, him turning on the flashlight was everything. That was a great little moment. But where was the payoff? There wasn't any payoff this show, but they're they're building the story. Yeah, because from what I heard, it's going to be him and Bray at Rumble in some kind of weird fucking match. It's going to give me another. Which kind of which kind of scares me a little bit because like all these matches that he does, some work, some don't. Like the Randy Orton one. Uh. With the maggots in the ring, that shit did not work. No, yeah, no. I was about I was about to say I kind of hope we don't see that again. I, I'm hope I hoping now the swap match that worked. Y- yes, that was I like agree. believable. Let me ask you guys a question: Is the Bray Wyatt story doing it for you right now at all? No, no, no. But I think the payoff will. That's what Shane said. I think. so I agree with Shane. But my problem is, if the story doesn't work until the payoff, was the story worth it? No. Uh, and, and I feel like these are like massive baby steps. It feels like you, if you got to do a like a 5K, you're going to take like five to ten steps a day until you get there. That's how I feel about it. It, it feels way, it's dragging way too much. That's so would a massive baby step just be a regular step? Yes. Uh, maybe. I feel like as we get closer to the rumble, I think it's going to get a little more better as far as progression. Yeah, I hope the so. payoff, but the payoff at the rumble is what's going to be the most. Yeah, that's kind of how I'm seeing it too. I'm kind of hoping that there will be much more progression with that at the rumble. 
So I'm I'm not really jumping off the bandwagon for of Bray yet. So until then. Well, cause you still got Vincent and them running around at NXT in the crowd and shit. So yeah, yeah. Right. The way I'm looking at it right now is like as a viewer, and I'm watching this. Um, Bray Wyatt getting nowhere. I have to say, as for as far as what I've seen so far on television, this is one of the worst return stories I've seen in a long time. Now, I'm not saying the payoff won't make it better, but what I'm saying is, judging it at where it's at right now, it is garbage. Well, you got to think about this too. There's more going on than just LA Night, because on Raw, every week, every time you see Alexa Bliss, yeah, you see that. And then I did see a clip from Raw. I didn't watch the match, but I did see a clip where Alexa was about to hit the sister Abigail on Becky, and she was like in some kind of trance and then snapped out of it. So there's a lot more stuff going on. It's just very slowly. I'm just ready for it to jump the shark already. I need a skateboarding dog and (laughs) more burning houses. In my Bray Wyatt storyline. Oh. I just want to see burnt corpses in the ring. I just want to see fucking... Who the fuck is Uncle Howdy? Yeah. And why is he like crying every week? Why is he crying every fucking week? Maybe too much estrogen. Every week when he does promo, he got a little tear running down his eye. Too much estrogen. It's little shit like that. What is his deal? All right. That's enough about the weekly wrestling. Let's talk about um, this weekend in wrestling. So we had two pretty big shows happening uh, on the same day. Ring of Honor started their show at 4 o'clock. Is that right? Yes. 4 o'clock, Final Battle started. Then at 8 p.m. you had NXT deadline. So we'll talk about Ring of Honor first. Um, we're not going to go through every match, but there were four huge title changes I think we need to discuss. And then afterwards... I want to get y'all's take on whose stock went up the most and whose stock went down. All right. So, um, first of all, women's title match. Women's title match was very good. It was about as hard-hitting as I was expecting going into it. Athena definitely is stepping up her A game with getting a lot more stiff offense and I'm really fucking with what she's been doing and she is now the new Ring of Honor Women's World Champion overall it's definitely the right move putting it on her I mean they haven't done jack shit with Mercedes since she unified the belt so how long ago was that when that happened Um, she unified it Maybe a handful of weeks after the Super Card of Honor pay-per-view. Okay. It wasn't very... She didn't have a long run with the interim belt before it got unified. I wish we could just get rid of fucking these interim titles. I think this last go-around of like having the interim women's world title, I think that's them learning their lesson on that, and they're just going to have to bite the bullet and be like, well, sorry, we're going to have to strip you. You're hurt. So uh, I'm sorry. There were um, five title changes because I forgot about one. The uh, the uh, six-man championship 
Yes. One personally, one of my favorite matches from the whole show. Dalton Castle and the boys losing their six man tag team championships to my boys, the embassy, Brian Cage, Khan, and Toa Leonoa. I have been wanting these six man belts on the embassy since they've reformed as a new faction. And they more than delivered everything I expected out of this match. Just a bunch of fucking hosses throwing the boys around and Dalton doing Dalton shit. It's everything you could want out of the Dalton Castle and the boys six-man match against a bunch of fucking hosses. And I'm then just hoping moving... Dalton Castle and the boys stay on television now. Oh, they will. Because they're pretty fantastic and I don't want to see I... them fade away without the belts. I guarantee you that now that they've got the six men belts off of them, they're going to start using Dalton a lot more for singles belt storylines for the Ring of Honor stuff. And then moving over to our next title change of the night, two-time Ring of Honor peer champion Wheeler Yuta managing to get his belt back from Daniel Garcia. Also a fucking fantastic Fantastic match. Garcia being an absolute shithead and using the pure rules against Yuta to stack up a massive advantage. Throwing his one legal strike like maybe a minute into the match. And then using that to basically force Yuta into the ropes to break all of his rope holds within the first 10 minutes of the match. Yeah, I heard wow. that strategy, and I, I really enjoyed that he used the pure rules to uh, gain an advantage in the match. Well, it was just a nice little caveat that Daniel Garcia has been doing the whole fuck the pure division, fuck pure wrestlers, I'm a sports entertainer, but I can also do this better than all of you. And the fact that he ran through that match immediately exhausting all of Yuta's rope breaks, but then still holding on to all of his... Just I, that's one thing that I love about the pure division and is why I want the pure division to never go away again is because you can do little intricacies like that into the story of a match. Yeah, I always loved the pure title matches. Uh, just as it's real. Like Nigel McGinnis and, and his title run with the pure title was fucking fantastic. I think the pure title is one of my favorite titles in wrestling. It's and so I, much fun. And it's sad that, you know, you can't do that in, you know, Southern fucking America. Because yeah. matches like that would be fucking fun, especially with people like Jaden. You know, to have a pure wrestling match would be fucking awesome to watch. Now, well, when I Gresham's been kind of trying to do that because he's got the mag promotion, which is like if pure rules and british rounds had a baby <laughs> and that's where, fucking cool too i always loved british wrestling just for the fact that they had rounds and jaden's been thriving on those shows i've heard As he should now uh i want to kind of switch to to pro south wrestling they have a belt which is the all out championship which i held and their rules for that championship is kind of similar to the pure division. Only you can, 
use strikes. You do have one rope break. Um, this was kind of weird. Uh, you have a 20 count instead of a 10 count, but um, you could lose your belt not just from, from pinfall submission, but also disqualification and count out. So, and I think when they created that championship, it was kind of similar to the pure division, but they put a little bit of twist on, on their own. <laughs> which you could be super clever with that, with those kind of matches. And I enjoyed my run as a all out champion because of that. Cause you, there's like so many things you can do storytelling wise and being clever on, on your matches and stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, I, I like stuff like that. Wasn't the pure rules a twenty count? Yeah, well, Ring of Honor in general is a twenty count. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, the pure rules also change hands on DQ and count out. But they go extra if you get DQ'd, you lose the belt and you're fired. Because you broke the code. Of, you broke the code of honor. Yeah. Well, it's that, and you can't have anyone do a run in for you because if they do a run in, both of you get fired. It keeps See, it I didn't even know that. See, it's good. But overall, really solid match. Then shifting lanes over to the fucking murder fest that was the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship Double Dog Collar. Will, just a second. I want to talk about that one last because there's implications behind that match we want to discuss afterwards. First, let's talk about that World Championship match with Claudio winning the belt back from Jericho. That was the weakest match of the whole night. I do like that Jericho tapped to the 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 spin. The that was a great finish. I'm surprised it's taken this long for someone to do that because I don't know about y'all, but I would have tapped in within three seconds of that shit. The I do not like getting Jericho dizzy. reaching out a tap while he's swinging was hilarious. What, it looked like he was swimming? Kind of. Uh, kind of. Oh, okay. Just that, was... and then Claudio being like, oh, wait, I didn't even have to transition to the, to the sharpshooter yet? <laughs> well, it was kind of rotation 33. Because you, for several reasons, saying that Claudio and Chris Jericho was one of the weakest matches, I find that very hard to believe. Uh, I don't know. It was. Did they work more? Did match they more of a fucking match, or did they work more? They worked definitely. I would say more of a WWE style match. Okay, and so now I can see that. Deep. That being the cap off of a card of very non WWE style wrestling was definitely. A little bit of a deflator. I definitely would have put the tag title match for the main event because they, but they knew what they were doing, sandwiching the TV title match between the tag and the world title. Because Samoa Joe and Juice Robinson did a good job at getting keeping the crowd still going following the tag title match. Juice is like super underrated. Juice yeah. is got to be one of the most slept on guys in wrestling right now. Like his fucking New Japan shit, like once he fucking transitioned, as he was on he's on fire. Well, and even his current run now that he's joined Bullet Club and he's rock hard Juice Robinson. Shit, that's been honestly 
the best stuff I've seen him do. All right. Let's talk about that tag team title match. So from what I've seen and the clips I've watched, brutal, bloody, double dog collar. Uh, it was who Jay and Dax and Mark and Cash tied to each other. Yes. It was everything you would expect from a double dog collar match between those two. And they managed to do the impossible of by having a last second announced third match in a trilogy. And everyone was at first kind of like, oh, well, all right. Like, it'll be good, but I don't know about another one. By the end of the this third chapter, I'm ready for part four. Do you feel like it held up well against parts one and two? I think it was the best of the three. And I was there live for part one. Okay. I think this one blew. I think this one was the best. The first one was the second best. And then two out of three falls was my least favorite of the three. But this one was fucking incredible. I'm sure everyone by now has seen the clip of Cash Wheeler yanking Mark Briscoe off the apron onto the stack of chairs outside. Yeah, that was gnarly. The only clip that I've seen from this entire match was... Uh, Wheeler was outside, I think, and he threw the fucking chair in, and he was like, "Kill that motherfucker" or some shit. Oh yeah, that's literally all I've seen. That was a nice little piece of storytelling. Also, shout out to the referee with the blade job of the century. That man was fucking leaking. Fucking aspirin and a couple of beers will do that. (laughs) All right. Now, now that FTR has dropped the Ring of Honor tag team titles. There is one final note we must mention from Ring of Honor, from the opener, in which Ring of Honor is truly back in season because we had a match involving Roosh get fucked up by the ref, so Roosh started beating the shit out of everyone with chairs as a result. Nice. So Blake Christian and AR Fox versus Roosh and Roosh's brother Drillistico, which thank God he's finally on US television now. And Fox hits some kind of 450 or whatever, and they fuck up on the finish, and everyone's like, wait, what? Drillistico and Roosh get pissed as fuck, and Greg Valentine style just beat the dog shit out of Fox afterwards. Definitely. Gave him a massive receipt with that chair shot to the head. CTE. Hate chair shots to the head. All right. So with FTR dropping the Ring of Honor tag team titles, what do you think of this means for the future of FTR in AEW? Another AEW tag run. Do you really? Mm-hmm. I mean, the time for that was when they had all those belts. belts until you take away the other three. And they're now that they've dropped that, they're dropping the AAA belts in a week to Dragon Lee and Drillistico. And then they're going to drop the IWGP heavyweight too. Even though it's not done yet, I guarantee you Aussie Open is winning World Tag League and winning their rematch with FTR at Kingdom. So my problem with this is if, if FTR was going to win the AEW tag team titles, the time to do it was when they held all the belts and had yep. them dripped in gold. Yeah. Yeah, but you can't 
throw the AEW belts on them and then immediately have them lose everywhere. Because right now they're going on their their loss run because they had their little screwy-ish finish of barely losing to the acclaimed for the AEW tag belts. Losing to Briscoe's clean in a fucking war. I'm sure some lucha nonsense will happen with Roosh and them in Mexico for the AAA belts. But, I don't know. I always figured that it would be around this point in the year that they would start to drop all those belts. But they would have got the AEW tag belts last, so you can't throw that on them and then make them eat three well, straight. Well, look, they've, the chance, they've had all these belts for fucking half a year. See, that, that's my thing. In a perfect world, in a perfect booking world, the Acclaim never hold the belts. FTR wins those belts. And go on the, and go on their dominant run with all the tag belts. I totally but also, do that. they need a fourth set of belts when they've already got three other ones? But yes. when you call yourself the greatest tag team in wrestling, you need to have all those belts. You yes. have all those belts. Because that's what separates you between everybody else. Yeah, the Usos got two fucking sets of tag titles. Cool. We got four. And it's just, and it's not four in one company. It's four all across the world, from Japan to America to Mexico. I don't know that FTR resigns. Well, where else would they go? You know exactly where they're going to go. You know exactly where they go. Daddy H is over there running things now. I highly doubt they would go back there. So has there been any inkling since he's taken over that they care about tag team wrestling again? Because it's still just the same three teams across two shows. And they're featuring tag team wrestling more on Raw and SmackDown than they have in a long time. And I think if I'm FTR, I'm looking at it as if I want to be the best tag team in the world, I got to go to the biggest company and beat the biggest tag team. But they've already done that, though. No, they since the Usos they, have been in the bloodline. Exactly. Guys, I think we're overlooking this. It's not. Is anybody getting any kind of vibes that this could be like a turn for, like, uh, not a turn, but like a split up? Um, if, they, if they go on that losing, there's more the money. There's more down. money to be made together than splitting up. Well, the thing is, is that only one of them stands to benefit from splitting up. Dax will Dax. have an incredible singles run. Cash will get swept away and forgotten about. I don't know. I've, I've just got that feeling that it, it's like I feel like we're overlooking this, and it could it, it, it could be a split in 2023. I, I don't know. I'm just throwing that little wrench in there. All right. I mean, that would like I said. There's more money to be made for those guys together. And Will, Will's right. Only one's going to benefit from that whole whole thing. I know. Yeah. They did cut a beautiful fucking promo post-match after Gun Club came out and beat him up where Dax is just literally laying there covered in blood and there's just a mic on the ground near his mouth and he just kind of picks up his head a little bit to talk into it. And does the whole top guys out, and then just drops his head. All right, let's uh, let's shift gears to deadline. 
which was also yesterday, as we previously discussed. Um, Shane, I know you watched it. How did you feel about the uh, Women's Iron Survivor Challenge and the match concept as a whole? Um, Four man's king of the mountain. I thought it was good. I thought the twi- the nice twist on the uh, if you get pinned, you go get locked up for 90 seconds. I like how they put emphasis on commentary about, you know, the first two starting, how they have a bigger advantage than the other people coming in. And I like the story they pushed with um, Roxy or whatever her fucking name is now. Um, how she she took all the pins right off the rip and had to come back from all that. And she was not in the match very much because she was being penalized for all those pins. And I thought the the match, the women did great. Um, both matches were on par with each other. They were both very good. Uh, the stories they told, great. I, I mean, it was what it was. It was very good. Booker it wasn't T. hard to follow. Like, I mean, you watched it. You knew what was going on. I like how WWE now is explaining the rules before all these matches. Instead of just saying, hey, here's the Iron Survivor match, watch it. Or, hey, (laughs) here's War Games, you should know how that works now. I I just like that they put the emphasis on that. Kind of like an ROH with the pure match. How they would, you know, go over the rules and, and lay it out. Um, next big match to talk about is the tag team title match between the New Day and Pretty Deadly. The New Day (laughs) are your new NXT tag team champions. The wrong team won. I disagree, but we'll get to that in a second. But they fucking tore the roof off that place. And they, I love, they, New Day has the best gear in the game, hands down. Yeah. It took me a minute to realize what the fuck they were wearing. Because I was on the phone with my brother. And I was like, hey, you should check out this tag match with the New Day. They're fucking killing it right now. And then I was, just like it hit me. I was like, oh, shit, they're dressed up like avatars. And I was like, oh, cool. All right. So, Will, real quick, tell me why you think the wrong team won. Uh, first of all, Pretty Deadly's ring gear shits on what New Day was wearing. Oh, them the, boys. The looking. elf looking Santa shit. Yes, it's, hey, called, Will, it's called. You're fashion, out of control. With that. You're out of control. It is called fashion, sweetie. Okay. But pretty deadly. I like. I get why they gave them the belts because they need to keep that yearly streak of every year they win the belts going, and now they can say their triple crown too. But pretty deadly. There's, I think there's more to be had with building them up with a win over the New Day than New Day having the belts and probably either dropping them in a month or maybe two. Because I don't see New Day having a long run with it. So while I kind of agree with you, the reason I disagree is because I I think this is going to be pretty deadly's call up. I feel like they're coming up the main roster pretty soon. They need to. They, and I feel like they have more value on the main roster than they do holding the NXT tag team titles. 
But this also could add to New Day Uso storyline. Hey, we're we're the fucking champs. Hey, we're NXT champs. Good God, I hope the Usos don't win the NXT tag team. You title. know the Usos are about to win the NXT tag team championships if that's but what where is they that go. Bene- what does that benefit for? WrestleMania. Well, yeah, hear me out, Tyler. So okay. you see, they're twins, and it looks really cool because it's like two of the same dude. And that's about it. <laughs> hell, of, hell of an explanation, Will. Hell of an explanation. So, But no, it does nothing for anyone except for, I guess, whoever beats the Usos. But at this point, like they're not going to get anything more out of that than they would from winning the unified tag belts already. All right. Moving right along. The uh, men's Iron Survivor match. The finish to this match is probably one of the most fun things I've seen in a long time. Hell yeah, it was. Grayson Waller is a gem. He's always He's one of those guys that's stuck out. Me. Um, no, I didn't get to watch the match. I- I'm going to later or not. I'm sorry. That was a that was terrible. I'm sorry. So you got to check that finish though, man. Like, um. Grayson Waller's just such a good shit heel. Uh, stole that pin from, uh, who was it? J.D. McDonough, right? Yeah. Stole the pin from J.D. McDonough. And then as he's like running away, and this is the last 30 seconds, as he's running away from J.D. McDonough, pulls um, Mello out of the ring so that he can't pin Mello, and then uh, runs around commentary desk, runs back inside, and by that time the time runs out, and Grayson Waller's your winner with just the deciding win even at one point took a submission and like submitted immediately just so he wouldn't get worn out in the submission at the end of the match that's clever yeah. I, I love that and then there was like one he when he first came in he did his deal through the ropes he got double pinned so then there were two dudes in the penalty box for 90 seconds yeah like, it was uh, ever can they coexist Oh, they didn't coexist because they would beat the fuck out of each other in the fucking uh, penalty box, which was great. Like, they I really, really wanted Mello to win this personally. I want him. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted him to win too. I want Mello to get an NXT like a, a, a championship run, not just the North American championship. I want him to hold the big belt in NXT. They need to really just put the stamp on him as ace of NXT. Well, he did you see the promo where he was with uh, Cedric Alexander? No, no, I did not. Yeah, he was uh, walking through the uh, back. I guess it was like a pre-show thing. And Cedric was standing there on his phone and he was like, hold on, I got uh, my my keys off the valet here. So he was like, giving his keys and he's like hey go park the car and Cedric's like come on man and he was like uh what you want some money here's a hundred dollar bill oh he's God. like yeah it's like kept on and finally he was like I'm your opponent at I guess at Vended Day or some shit I don't know that's fine you think this is just going to be a short program for Cedric to come back down or you think they're going to put him back in the oven of NXT for a minute like they've been doing with Apollo. I think he would be... I think this would be his oven. 
There's yeah. some really good matches he could have down there in NXT. It wouldn't hurt him. No. Nah. Not at all. Not at all. It really wouldn't. Get him familiar with the fans again because, you know, he's been gone for a second. Or he's been in unmemorable fucking tag matches with Cedric, or with uh, Shelton Benjamin. It'd be a good restart for him. Yeah. He needs one. So I guess before we wrap that up, I, though, I do have to ask. Do y'all think this will be Grayson Waller's moment to get the NXT belt off of Braun, though? Well, after Braun beat Apollo in the championship match, yes. Yes, I do. Yeah, I think this is the moment where Grayson Waller wins, Braun Breaker does a short program with him, and then gets caught up after WrestleMania. Yeah, would he win it? Would he win it? Would he want it? Win it? WrestleMania weekend? No. No, he'll win it before WrestleMania weekend. WrestleMania weekend will be Braun Breaker's last match after he loses a rematch. Okay, okay. That's just my my thoughts on it. Are they doing? Sense. Are they doing? They're probably going to do NXT WrestleMania weekend probably at twelve or one this year. Yeah, I'd say so. So that's uh, like a fucking what? Six, almost 10 hours of wrestling. Yeah. And one yeah, day. WrestleMania weekend is, uh, well, I love and a that's lot of if wrestling. You don't care about any of the other shows going on. Exactly. Cause there, there's going to be a massive amount of independent shows going on that day. Yeah. And I'll be, uh, uh that'll be the day I turn on my TV subscription for a month. Uh, because I want to watch everything else around it. Um, so the NXT championship match, um, I felt like they those two meshed pretty well in the ring. Yeah. yeah. That, that was a banger of a match. Honestly, I kind of want to see them tag. I think they make a great tag team, too. I think especially the little promos that they had been doing together, building up to this, where it was just like a very weirdly friendly Waffle House diner rivalry. Yo, so the cafe and the boat promos and everything, that was probably... Some of, my, some of the best storytelling WWE's done in a while as far as, like, being outside of the ring and outside of the arena kind of stuff. It was very Hogan-era. I liked it. All right. Yeah, I thought it was a nice little touch. The little video package before. All right, so that wraps up our NXT talk. Uh, didn't really get around to doing much local stuff this weekend. Will's been busy. Um, but we are going to talk this weekend about Tyler's Taxmania 3. Yeah, Tyler, we are. What do you so, got to announce for us? Yeah, so the card is fully booked, ladies and gentlemen. And, and stop uh, messaging him. Yeah, please. Or stopping me in public. No, stop him. Say hello. Whatever. Um, He's lying. There's one more spot left on the card. You just have to know what to say to him. So just keep pestering him. Trust okay. me, guys. Uh, okay, Will, you're not doing me any favors right now, man. Shane Daniels versus Tank. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so, JD, do you have plans March 25th? Um, I think there's something going on on the 25th. Okay. March, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's something going on. Um, this is kind of... I've been hesitant to ask you this for a while. And I think right now is a good time to ask. Um, 
would you like to have a match on that show? And it would be with me. Hmm. You know, I've been looking for a way to uh, write the last sentence in the last chapter of my book of wrestling. Uh, besides it just being a random one-off match against Aaron Wade. So, yes, yes, I will. Awesome. I appreciate that. Um, and I don't know how this match is going to go. It's like with all the matches that you and I have had. Um, typically, it's more physical as far as like striking and stuff like that. So um, I would expect that from you. And plus more if it's going to be the, the last time. And I uh, appreciate you accepting my offer. So there's the first match announced for Clash of Carpet City 3. One more time. J.D. Rollins and T.Y. J.D.'s going to whoop your ass. Yeah, I know. He does it all the time. He has. And we broke twice, right? So I, I beat him once. He's beat me once. It's the rubber match. Oh. Did, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it would be. Because yep, I, I I beat him at TWE. He beat me at LCW. And we've never worked since. No. And it, it's crazy. That's we've crazy. had We've had so many tag matches together. And um, we've tried to keep our distance and, like, wrestling each, each other. And, not, and it's not saying that it would hinder our friendship. In fact, each match that we had, like, that growth got even better. And um, there's, it's going to be a little – it's going to be very different, obviously, on this show because, I mean, it would be the last time it would ever happen. I, I, yeah. would assume, I would assume because I mean JD, you got you got so much going on in life, and uh, I'm six yeah. hours away now. Um, and I mean, I haven't wrestled going on. It's been over two years now. Yeah, and like I say, it's our match will be a physical one, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt, and it's all in good fun. We would probably bar up all the outside and people would hear chatters of chops and slaps and stuff like that because that's what we do. As both as a tag and when we're wrestling with each other. So um it, it'll be a it'll be a hell of a time. And I'm I'm looking forward to it, JD. And I don't want people out there if they're listening that he and I are gonna like jump each other's throats or anything like it's not it's not gonna be that way. Not a blood feud. Not at all. Also, I'd just like to mention that it has been 1,024 days since I became EWA champion, and I've never dropped that belt. Hey, I'm still tag champions. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who, who did you guys beat for that? <laughs> uh, Jason Hampton and... The Hatriots. The Hatriots. Oh, it, it wasn't us? No, no, we didn't drop them. We, we retained against them. Uh, we dropped the belts voluntarily because you got hurt. That's right, yeah. Because I'm fragile. And then then the belts got stolen on my car. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you're not the tag team champion anymore. I mean, he is, technically. Technically, yes. It's one of those Knoxville fucks now, isn't it? <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. Probably going to pawn job somewhere. The cops never fucking found the shit. Never even heard anything else about it. Pretty no. sure I saw Norman Smiley with him. Oh, okay. Oh, God. <laughs> Smiley. Motherfucker. <laughs> Who's he tagging with? Ralphus? <laughs> no, he's tagging with uh, Abyss. 
<laughs> They're hardcore legends. Oh, okay. Well, uh, this is the only episode we're going to release this week. Uh, we're going to take it easy this week. So uh, we'll be back in your feeds next week with um, some more wrestling talk and possibly the start of another top 10. We'll find out. I like that. Um, until then, you know, go see some wrestling. Uh, yeah. Buy tickets for my show. Buy tickets for Tyler's show. Come watch me wrestle Tank. Watch Shane wrestle Tank. It's going to be the Maybe. main event. And listen to Will do commentary. That'd be great. Butcher it. <laughs> Never. Uh, and since Jake's not here, I guess I'll say it. Please bring us money. <laughs> <laughs>